This is Matt. This is Seth. Welcome to The The Unbroken Unbroken Net. Net. This is a podcast where we're going to share with you some ridiculous ideas. Yeah, and who cares if you believe what we believe? Just think for yourself. That's all we're asking. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Unbroken Net. Today we're going to continue in First John. We're going to be reading uh, verses 12. Actually, I'm not sure what we're doing. 12 15 through, through 27. 15 through 27? In chapter 2. Okay, I have 12 through. All right, well, I mean, you're going to be reading the passage anyway, so I guess <laughs> whatever you read, we're doing. All right. <laughs> All right, so do you, actually, Matt, do you mind reading that? Sure. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Whoa, there's a lot in here. There's a lot in here. <laughs> this is a lot to unpack. But let's start in the where we, um, I just, I figured out what I did wrong, actually. I was in the message, and it, message breaks it up differently. Oh, so I—that's why it was a different verse for me. Mm. Um, so in, right here, he says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world." He he mentions a lot about the world. Don't love the world. Mm. Um, the desires of the flesh, um, and then uh, he says, "The desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world." So what what is this world he's talking about? You know, uh, he's he's not talking about the planet Earth. Uh, this is our home. He's talking about the uh, society, the system of society, and how how the the system of society runs with the idea that it's me first. What matters is uh, what works for me, and how do I get to the top? How do I die with the most toys? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say that's that's along the lines of what the world is here. Yeah, I would agree because the world. I mean, the I mean, the world. Is, I mean, 
the world. The word that he uses is cosmos, right? That's correct. Which and, and it could mean it could mean creation itself, or it could mean civilization within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think it can mean like the powers and principalities, essentially, like just to, who's in control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, I think probably at that time what was prevalent was a very me-centered society very inward focused not really caring about what they what they did to others to get to what benefited them mhm so i think that a lot that that's a lot of what he's saying when he's talking about the world i mean he even mentions like um the desires of the eyes and the pride of life like mm-hmm. just being proud of your own life not actually being proud of the life that everybody has together. Yeah. And, 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 but to go on, he says that he also says the person who loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Mm. Oof. Okay. What well, was, I, I think that kind of points to what the world is. The world is that which is opposed to the very heart of God. Mm. And when we think about who God is, we have this, this creator who made all of this, who has not set himself up in a place where we all need to bow down and worship, but this creator hid it himself in all that he made. So that if you want to find God in this whole world, the only place you can find God is to look within. Look within the creation. Look within yourself. And this is where you'll find God. Not, not somewhere outside of yourself. Not somewhere outside of creation, but within creation, within you, we find the Father. Mm-hmm. How humble is that? Right. And just not to make it about yourself. That's correct. Putting yourself up on a pedestal and, that, and looking right. down. That's right. That's what the world would do. The, the world would set itself up and say, all these other people are, are subject to me. Yeah, their experiences are no matter. It's only my experience that matters in this whole world that's right Hmm. so then he says the world is fading away which is interesting has the world faded away yet or (laughs) well i think the world is fading away i think as a society in whole like as a world society we're we're finding ways of putting the needs of others before ourselves Uh, think of all the humanitarian activities that are taking place right now Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole lot more humanitarian activities than there were at the time of this writing. Right. Uh, the world itself is getting smaller. People are realizing the follies of ha- having these uh, governments that are so focused on fulfilling the leader's desires and wants instead of fulfilling the, the needs of the people. Right. And he kind of contrasts that with saying that... Whoever does the will of God abides forever. So the world is fading away. Whoever does the will of, of the Father, God, abides forever. Mm. What, is, what does it look to do the will of God? Well, I think each one of us has to look inside and figure that out. Like we have to be honest with who God is to us so that we can figure out how we are to treat others around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that our purpose here is to reflect the character and nature of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And when we have that right relationship, when we're connected, when we have that eternal life, when we're walking with God, fulfilled and, and 
what was the word we used? Um, oh, for, darn. For eternal life? What? For eternal life. It was a contentment. Contentment. When we're content in that relationship, uh, we, we, we show it. Mm-hmm. And, and it affects the way we treat everything around us. Yeah. We have that eternal life. And a, a lot of it is actually, I think we mentioned it before, is not looking down on anybody, but but seeing them as equal and as important as ourselves. That's right. And that, and when we see somebody as important as ourselves, and we, we start seeing, like even Jesus said that, uh, you know, you see, um, you know, the poor, Mm. Um, that's me, uh, that's Jesus, that's Christ, that's there. If we start seeing people as important as like, oh, see Christ in that person, I see Christ I see Christ in all these people around me, and then we see, well, Christ is really hurting right here because um, he's, he's out on uh, homeless. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a place to live, he has no money. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't we want to be like, wouldn't that put that importance to actually give to that person? Yeah. And I think that's, that's what, I mean, that's what doing the will of the father of God. I mean, he would have his children help one another. That's correct. That's what I think. Yeah. So then, okay. So that kind of wraps up this, this section he's talking about the world and then, um, just not loving the world. And then he goes on, he starts talking about Antichrist. Um, so just to start this, who or, or what is the Antichrist? Mm. Well, uh, the Antichrist would be that which is against Christ. Oh, right? duh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anything that doesn't reflect the heart of the Father. Yeah. Anything that doesn't reflect the anointing. Uh, the anointing that was on Jesus and the anointing that is on us, uh, that is Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And then he, he also mentions that, he mentions that it is the last hour. He says it a, a couple times. Mm. Uh, there, therefore, we know that it is the last hour. What what could that mean? I mean, did they have, what was hour for them back then? I mean. Oh, I think it was still hour, you know. Okay. Um, they talked about the different hours of the day. But I think he's talking about the end of the age. It is the end of the age. And, you know, that was 2,000 years ago. Is it the age that's fading away, the world that's fading away? That's right. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I just cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, no, I forgot. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man, I totally messed up here. Okay. Um, So I I did ask what what is the Antichrist. I think he does go on to, to actually kind of tell us he, he does he does yeah but i mean he says that for, for he starts with he says that they went out from us but they were not with or they were not of us uh so it sounds like they were part of the like the group and then they kind of uh sectioned off yeah and they somehow separated themselves from from what was taught by christ and uh what was uh in mm-hmm. in the common good for the group, right? And um, and they went out from us. And what does that look like? Uh, you know, from what I can understand, it looks like they stopped living in a godly way. Yeah, it's almost like they started getting the 
that meat mentality. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think it's a, a, a coincidence that this is right after he's talking about the world. Yeah. And he's talking about um, like the desires of the eyes and, and, and just, uh, just being very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not humble, but arrogant, prideful, prideful, like the pride of life. Mm -hmm. I I don't think there's any, I think he's purposely is putting that there. I think so. So, uh, so they, it sounds like that they branched off maybe because they, they weren't getting what they wanted out of this group that out of this group that lived pretty much as a communal group, yeah. you know, what they had, they shared. Yeah. Maybe they, they had wanted, all things in common. They wanted a little more power, a little more control maybe, or or maybe just a little bit more stuff for themselves. Yeah. Could be. Um, so then he says, if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. And, and I think he's, he's just saying that if they really understood who Christ was and what he meant, I think that's what he's saying is that, that they would have stayed. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah. I, you know, I have a hard time knowing why people do what they do and whether they fully comprehended who Christ was. I don't know. John gives us the idea that uh, they were never of us. Because mm-hmm. they would have stayed with us if they were right. He he go he went goes on and says um, that it might become plain that they are all that they all are not of us. So mm. it sounds like he's saying that they were never really part of part of who what it meant to be a Christian back then. Yeah, and and this is John's idea, right? This is John's view. This is John speaking from John's worldview and John's experience. Mm-hmm. And 2,000 years later, I have a hard time with this, uh, that they are not of us, mm-hmm. because I believe there's only one us. And mm-hmm. all of us, wh- whether you're living for the pride of life or living for Christ, you're us. And I feel like that's the message of the gospel is that we are all the sons and daughters of God, that we are all brothers and sisters and that we're one family. And John is coming from a time, and he's coming from a religion that was all about the chosen people, mm-hmm. right? And I wonder if 2,000 years later, we maybe have come to the point where we're starting to realize there is no chosen people. There's just people. That we all have a common ancestry. We have all these uh, genetic testings now to figure out how we're related to each other. And you find out that we're all a bunch of mutts, that we all come from the same place and that we all have all the same DNA in us. It's spread throughout. I'm just going to start calling you Matt the Mutt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to push back a little bit on that. Okay. I think think I, I, I understand what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That I believe that too, that we all, it's, it's not us against them. It, it is us. And I don't think that, where I think that where, what John is saying is that these people that, that separated them from, separated themselves from the group, it wasn't because the group um, didn't include them and didn't, didn't make them part of us. It's because they never accepted being part of us. They never accept, and I, I can follow that. Yeah, just they they have decided they were not part of the group. Yeah, yeah. So he also this is an interesting part. I like to just point out he's he mentions that 
that we are anointed or that mm. in the letter he's talking about being anointed. What does that mean to be anointed? Well, it's um, just like Jesus was the anointed one, right? Mm-hmm. It's having the anointing on you. It's it's having that um, we would anoint with oil. We would cover with oil. You are you are anointed. You are covered with the Holy One, by the Holy One. You are covered with Christ, the Anointed One. Yeah, he also says you all have knowledge. Right after that, he says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. We all know the Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he says, he writes to us because you do not know that not because you do not know the truth but because you know it which you're ta- saying you know christ mm-hmm. and you know what it means to be anointed mm-hmm. i mean that's what christ means is anoint, anointed, the anointed one because it was jesus the anointed one you know what it means to be good you mm-hmm. know what it means to be holy you to, know what it means to be just to be loving to love others yeah you know this it's in, it's innate within you yeah so then uh, I guess I guess what I was saying before is when he said he kind of answers what the question is what is an antichrist he just kind of that's kind of what he keeps going with he also mentions no one who denies the son has the father whoever confesses the son has the father also So it sounds like it's these antichrists these people um these that are antichrist it sounds like they were saying that Jesus were just denying Jesus and did not mm. even denying the father. Mm-hmm. Almost like uh, turning away and saying there is no God. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, probably these people wouldn't say there, I don't even know if they would say there is no God because I don't know if, it seems like everybody had uh, an idea of who God was, but they didn't, they didn't understand the the God that Jesus showed us that yeah. he's a loving God. He's a good God. Yeah. He's not a wrathful, angry God. But, yeah. Well, I don't believe he's a wrathful, angry God. No, I know I, we talked about that. We talked yeah. about his wrath, but, and yeah. he can have anger, but not to get, not to diverge from, from what we're talking about here. So let's look at verse 22. He says that who is the liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. So what do you think of that, Matt? Well, uh, what what does that mean, you know, to deny that Jesus is the Christ? Uh, I would suggest to you that uh, to say that, that Jesus wasn't what the Scripture says, that he wasn't the Word of God, that he wasn't uh, God with us, that he wasn't any of those things, mm-hmm. that he was just another man. He was just another man, and uh, he's dead now, you know, <laughs> like, that that would be to deny that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah, and he I think we talked about it too because he says no one who denies the Son has the Father. Mm-hmm. And then whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Yeah. So he, we mentioned that that that's what I mean to be an antichrist is to be literally against what Christ was all about. Yeah, and, and against yeah. He, yeah, and and to actually say that go as far as he wasn't the Christ and he wasn't mm-hmm wasn't the son of God in essence. 
So I wanted to also there was he mentions um, later in this he talks about how th that you essentially don't need a teacher. Um, uh, what what part is that? I write these things to you that those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that so you verse received, verse twenty six and twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, and then the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. That's mm. that's what I was looking for. Wow, I read a lot of passage there. Yeah, you needlessly. <laughs> but I, I, all that to say, just uh, that you have no need that anyone should teach you. Mm. I just find it fascinating that he mentions that. Isn't he the teacher of these people? And he's saying you don't need a teacher. Don't listen to me because I say this, but listen to yourself. <laughs> Hear my words and figure them out on your own. Like, like you work this out with God, just like the scripture says, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. You know, don't, don't follow a teacher because they say, I know the right thing. Believe me. Uh, listen to a teacher and then work it out on your own because no one can really teach you anything. You can only teach yourself. Except for, except for the anointing. It says that the anointing is what teaches you, right? It is the anointing, but that's part of who you are. Yeah. It's your son or daughtership from God. It's the very spirit of Christ in you that teaches you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what I think. Yeah, I... You, you, you walk with God, you know, like uh, when I hear someone teaching, I'm always talking with God at the same time. And I'm saying, how does this work? How does this fit? I kind of have like a, uh, a file folder in my brain of, of the different views I have. And how is what this person is teaching? How does that line up with what I already uh, think I know about truth? And how does it fit? And how does it make my worldview more full? Or how does it go contrary to my worldview? Mm -hmm. and, and this is how I can, I can judge uh, what I believe and what I don't believe. What mm -hmm. I'm learning and what, what I say is not, that's not there for my learning anymore. That's, that's there for some other reason. Sure. But there is also the, I think even, well, I know you even mentioned the still small voice. Of course. And how that teaches you. Yes. And I don't. Maybe that's part of us, but uh, I think it's also, I mean, some people would just say it's the conscience talking to you. Um, I would say that it's actually God talking to you. Mm. So I think there is a part, it's, it is not, even though God is like a part of us, we, we are the image of God. Mm. We were made in his likeness. I think it is God who is actually speaking to us, who is teaching us these things. Sure. So I think there is that to put in there as well. Yeah, of course. And uh, God God is not a liar. So there you have that. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, well, we ran out of time for today. I, I know we could keep going on this, but um, we do appreciate you listening this week, and uh, we do ask that if you enjoyed us, just go ahead and subscribe and give us a thumbs up that you liked us, liked us and then... Uh, we will catch you next week on the Unbroken Net. Take care. Bye now.